0: Lots of fighting was in the house. Oh, you used all the warm water. I so said, I had enough of all that. I just shower cold from now on ever. So probably since about 10 years, I had only cold showers ever.
1: Welcome back, folks. It's time for another adventure behind the scenes at the tour with Sigma Sports Presents the Tour de France unplugged with me, Matt Stevens. Now, I'm currently just outside Chamoli. Um I'm in a hotel. Uh, I'm just looking for the name of the hotel. I've got got a little um, pinboard in my room with loads of stickers on it. Um, And I don't know what the hotel's called, but it's really nice. And I'm looking outside the window now and I can see the snowy peaks of Mont Blanc, which I believe from recent research um, is about 4,800 meters above sea level. It's a beautiful snowy peak and I can see several rather large glaciers the ice and snow of which, of course, is millennia old. So just think about that for a minute. I did send Niall, our producer, a picture um, and he wrote back immediately the words fwar. Anyway, it's uh, another rest day today, which gives me the chance to reflect on what's happened in the past week or so. And a lot has happened. It's been a corking second week of the tour. Um, one thing that was certain, though, um, it was very Very hot, Um, too hot, in fact, for a CBL carbonic lunch. Um, Otherwise, we would have fried the sushi or our salad. Um, Now, I did enjoy discussing the heat with Jens Voigt, or Voigt, who is a real advocate of cold showers. I also had some long nuggets, more of that later, and found some really interesting stuff in a massive, and I mean massive, it was like an aircraft hangar, French supermarket. There was also some pancakes made by Hannah Grant, and I was audibly terrified in a gondola. You do not want to miss that. So, find your favorite rest day pew, hammock or chelange, grab some refreshments, and enjoy the TDF, that's the Tour de France, unplugged. Remember, I'm here at the Tour de France for Eurosport GCN, where you can watch every pedal stroke of every stage live, then rewind and rewatch again, live and on-demand on Discovery Plus. Right, after the first rest day, the heat was utterly relentless. So let's pick up from the finish line after stage 10, while I was chatting to Anders and Jens Voigt about how the heat was affecting us all. While we're at the finish, uh, today for and, uh, stage and 10 uh, with Flo uh, with Laura uh, and with face Anders face who's face got face the tattoo mate and we've got Ara 29k today. to it's go mate haven't we can you just explain you, you did a piece to control camera control didn't you we can hear Sean Kelly commentate in the background but you did the a piece to camera about how hot it is just describe right. how hot it is here you can use numbers other words if you want
2: 40 it reminds me of a funny interview I heard once as a kid with Chris Angersson, uh, uh, who's not here anymore, unfortunately. Where you, you said put numbers on it? Uh, they asked him, a journalist, how many, how much power do you have left? And he said three. <laughs> yeah, I just reminded of that. Sorry, but it's yeah, it's really really hot and i also told you before that uh, when we had the finish uh, it reminds me of uh, qatar yes uh, once i went on a summer holiday with my family to qatar uh, we were in tanzania we had a layover in qatar and i remember one of my co- my dad's colleagues told my dad hopefully you you booked the hotel with a swimming pool inside and he said no of course it should be outside the kids need to swim it's too hot and he was right we couldn't swim it was too hot so yeah uh, yeah it's it's really really hot and um, Pete had a really good point earlier when we were walking that the tarmac feels makes it feel really, really hot. Yeah, it's, it's just reflect we,
1: we went to Leclerc and normally we stand outside in the car park and have a lunch. We couldn't, the, the reflected heat off the ground was just incredible. So, uh, oh, there's Caspar Asgren just dropping back. It's not going to be a quick set day, is it? Today they're struggling hope, in this I, tour so far, aren't they? I hope
2: he has a sunscreen on his uh, stomach and his t- chest.
1: Yeah, he's looking at everybody. I mean, it's it's anyway. It's super oppressive here. Um, we've got, as I say, just under 30 k's to go. Uh, this is going to be a hot one. But Chris Noyland, what a ride could be could be could be back-to-back wins for Israel.
2: It could be, and uh, actually when we were in the mix zone today, Chris was the was the last rider to be interviewed by uh, to, uh, to the France, the offi- official uh, World Feed, and I grabbed the Danish uh, press officer, Michael quickly and said, can we have Chris? Because I had a good eye on him today, and uh, he's showing it off right now. I really hope that uh, he can finish it off. Indeed. Well, Nylance is away. He's absolutely flying. Uh, We're
1: all getting hot, trying to stay cool. My shorts are rolled up. Um, Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a wrap up with Jens at the finish. Well, we um, you can say slightly rude words, Jens, uh, but um, it's a family show, but there are... uh, Pete said a couple of little rude words. Uh, but but not in a, not in a nasty way, just in a, in a nice man way. Well, Pete's driving at the moment. We're in the love van, at the moment, heading back from. Well, I'm going to get Jens to describe it. Is Jens is day one joined us for dinner yesterday. Um, he's been on the motorbike today. Uh, Jens, just describe what it was like out there today. Um, it was almost you just you hit the nail on the head. It, would, it was like riding in a volcano, wasn't it?
0: Yes, indeed it was. Um, on a motorbike it did show 38 degrees, uh, the highest temperature we saw today. <clears throat> it was fantastic fantastic to be back at the race, to be inside the race. And on a motorbike you feel the race so much better. You feel the dead road surface, the wind, the temperatures and you know the fatigue in the peloton. So it was great to be back at the race, but I was really grateful that I'm not a rider anymore, but I'm on a motorbike. That really did help me a lot. It was a scorcher of a day.
1: It certainly was. Uh, it took a long time from Jens answering the final question because I had, to, I'd had my hand wrapped around the headrest. Uh, if you uh, thought that was a strange pause uh, after that one. But now we're nearly at our hotel, Jens. Um, are you looking forward to? I believe we've got a, a chocolate souffle sort of mousse. Are you a fan of a chocolate pudding in France?
0: Um, I think not so much, especially when it's hot. It's super heavy when it's hot. But hey, free food, I never say no. So yeah, of course I will eat it. (laughs)
1: Free food, I love working with Yenzi. He's, uh, he's so enthusiastic about pretty much everything. Um, and that's why he's on the race with us. We're nearly at our hotel. I don't think we've got the uh, FDJ guys with us, so we might have a semi-empty hotel or will we have another team? Let's have a little look. It's almost like a cheeky little surprise as we come around the corner. Oh no, we've got Group Groupama FDJ. Oh, that was Ty, um, heading off to, with Louis Pierre, heading off to their different hotel. I, be- I believe they will be joining us for dinner. Yenzi, um, I'm going to leave, leave you to have a nice cold shower. Are you, are you, actually, you're going to have a proper cold shower. Do you like cold showers? Weird question, really, but do you?
0: Absolutely. I have cold showers probably for the last 10 years. Uh, longer story, we need, we need more time. Uh, family issues um, and kids and my wife and everybody like stole the warm water and there was lots of fighting within the house, oh, you stole the warm water. said so I had enough of all that, I just shower. Cold from now on, ever. So, probably since about 10 years, I had only cold showers ever.
1: What a lovely way to end it. Um, Bob's uh, waving us out. Oh, you can't park here, he's saying. Laura's also laughing in this intense heat. I'm going to sign off now. I want to go out for a little bicycle ride. Oh, I love Yenzi. Yenzi in the love bus. Love van. Have a walk back to the uh, to the love wagon i've got my i've got my posse my crew around me um one of course is pete um the belgians are just winching winding up a long cable uh which is like kilometers long by the looks of it um i mean the tour de france is is this traveling oh there's are oh, there's a oh what's his name Laurent Jalabert. i've got a pair of Laurent Jalabert shoes um yeah Signed by him, but not actually signed by him. They've got his initials on them, a pair of Carnacs from 1995. Um, So, summary of today, Jasper Philipson uh, took stage four. Me and Pete, and I'm gonna have to speak to Pete again here because me and Pete, um, I was gonna do a car bonnet lunch feature, but I couldn't because of my state of euphoria following the the, uh, Pete. Just the Leclerc, we thought we peaked, didn't we? But that Leclerc today. I think yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've
3: spoken about the first Clamotferon look like yet on the pod. I've touched on it only briefly though, Pete. So I think you can expand. So the first one you could fit four jumbo jets in. This one you also could, but upon walking in, we thought it was smaller. But then we noticed the alcove, mat, Didn't we?
1: It there was, there was an alcove which was basically what was it? I, I, I was so excited, I forgot what was in it. Uh-huh. Well, no, oh no, there was like, oh gnomes. Gnomes, yeah. dogs with glasses. Yep, yeah, which were lights. Footballs, which were lights. Yeah, footballs,
3: camping chairs, garden furniture. Giant tennis balls the size of footballs. Yeah, but do you remember what was next to all the garden furniture? An entire, probably 50 metres of f- just file. Files. Oh, folders. folders. Folders, that's it, folders. It was... Yeah, the, the crowds here they, I don't know if you they can hear they that, heard but that. They, they heard about the folders and they're actually all leaving they, I think they were cheering on Peters again but now they're all departing to go to Clermont-Ferrand to, uh, to see
1: the folder aisle yeah they probably are because it's, it's worth travelling 85 kilometres to um, oh, we, went, we, we went a bit wrong didn't we as well say we don't have to dwell on that do we no, but no. simultaneous sat-nav failure That's rare. I've never seen anything like it. It just dropped, and usually there are
3: other satellite navigations available. But Waze normally does as crowd, and uh, upon this day, it they just it just disappeared, and then we were in like a signal black hole, and then when we got signal back, we realised we'd gone 74 kilometres. Uh, well, 37
1: kilometers in the wrong direction but then had to come 37 kilometers back we went off on a tangent there because the amount of folders in the clerk this look like was, was beautiful it 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 was it had a scandinavian feel to it really airy but the biggest feature for me was the fact it had an aquarium in it uh, near the fish section which i've never ever seen talking fish and, and a talking fish, well, if you follow me on Instagram, by the time this goes out, you've probably seen the talking fish that weirdly could say uh, poisson in French. Well, that is French, French for fish. Uh, have you ever
3: seen the talking fish? Uh, I haven't, no. I was um, quite surprised. As a kid, I really loved sharking George. <laughs> and I'd just love to imagine that, that aquarium, the, that was the
1: crime-fighting poisson. That's right. Other While we're on the theme of animals... The, I, we saw a dog in the polka dot jersey which uh Jensie and myself interviewed and also did we saw a human banana didn't we we did see a human banana um <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't
1: really know what else to say about that no, though, we, really. we saw a human banana uh, we're going to get back to the car we've got a scale a small fence there no, we haven't there's a crack in the fence uh, that's wonderful i've got adam to my left um we've got uh, we've got carrying wine Um, And the Tour de France is gradually just sort of, I don't know, we're just walking away from it, but we're still in it. That's the beautiful thing. You can never walk away from the Tour, um, because it will come and find you. Yeah, Stage 10 was, well, it was an absolute brute, a real... uh, how can I say? And uh, the French used the word chaleur um, in, in relation to heat. It was almost like an oven is what they refer to. And um, we were in a, a car park for lunch and the temperature, although it was slightly exaggerated, said 48 degrees. It certainly wasn't that, but it was well over 40 degrees. Um, so we literally just couldn't stand outside. Um, but when you think about the roads, there was actually... Uh, a vehicle that went ahead of the Tour de France, cooling the roads down. It was that bad. But a magnificent victory uh, for Pelo Bilbao. And the chap that was fourth, Chris Nylance, um I interviewed him after the finish, after he took a few minutes to, to to cool down. And he was away, got caught with a couple of k's to go. And, and his words, they're still ringing in my ears actually, were, this sport is so, so cruel. Um, next, it was uh, stage 11. Um, which was another win, of course, for Jasper Philipson, who is romping away with a green jersey. I think it's almost already, at at the point of stage 11, almost mathematically impossible to beat him. He's got that that much of an advantage, advantage, and there's still two more sprint stages to come, including the the final stage on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Right stage 12 was another very hot stage uh, where I enjoyed some long nuggets Uh, I also discussed coffee strategy with Laura and scoured the media circus for another yop virgin Well we're at the start uh, of stage what is it 12 Uh, I've just seen a tiny little orangina bottle driven by a man with a helmet driving by for the race uh, caravan uh, we're, this is where we you can hear all the noise in the background. Basically, it's where we hang out in the morning uh, and the Skoda stand in the Depart village. Um, I'm about to do a piece to camera, a stand up piece. Um, and I've had some lovely goujons. We had a lot of wine last night, I'll be honest with you. It was really, really nice local wine. Got to bed about 2 a.m. Um, and when we left the restaurant about midnight, uh, bless, bless the owner, he uh, stayed up. Supplying us with wine, and then uh, as we left, gave us two more bottles of wine, which we promptly drank in the hotel. Um, well, it's more like a—it's called a logis, um, a more like a bed and breakfast. And breakfast was laid out in the morning for us. It's been a nice morning. We had about an hour and a half drive, uh, and I'm currently looking at Anders doing a Danish podcast with Jens Vogt and uh, Andy Schleck. Um, so yeah, it's—it's it's just uh, yeah, a nice gentle build-up, and, and and I've had some long nuggets basically. The race is partly sponsored by some goujons, a French goujon manufacturer. And if, as you know, goujons, chicken goujons, are like long nuggets. So I've had some long nuggets just to take the edge off uh, my wine head. Uh, and Laura Mesca has just walked past and she's looking, we're well, dressed as the Maillot Jean today.
4: I am the Maillot Jean. Not only today, but today I'm wearing it.
1: <laughs> she's GC leader of all the presenters at the moment. Um, who's in the green jersey for muscle, slot, do you reckon?
4: Who is in the green jersey? You, no? Is it it me? I think so. I'm
1: not a very good sprinter, but I'll take that. Thank you. Okay, we're at the Espace Cafe, which in English means cafe space. Uh, I'm with uh, Laura, and I've just ordered a coffee in a lovely little Tour de France mug. Café au lait for you, though, Laura. How many coffees have you had today, if you count breakfast as well?
4: So this is the third one in two hours. And I have to tell you, this is Merci. This is the only place in, at the Tour de France where I can find a café au lait. So I'm very happy for, with that.
1: Yeah, the thing is, if you don't get the right coffee in the morning, I think it affects you for the rest of the day. Are you? What's your coffee strategy at home?
4: Well, my coffee strategy, I prepare a coffee. Okay, and then I drink it two hours later. Once the kids are (laughs) at school, and I'm back home, and I can, you know, put it in the microwave again and drink it. So it's not super nice. I think we talk about this. It it does.
1: It thinks it's ringing a bell. Uh, I have had this conversation before. Uh, Please forgive me, podcast listeners, but we haven't put it on the podcast. Which is Now, about last night, we had a really good hotel. You were like 40 minutes away. What was your hotel like?
4: Well, it was the typical hotel from the Tour de France, and I think we've been very lucky not to be in one of them. My room, it was like 40 degrees, more or less. Um, No air conditioner. But I I was lucky because our colleague, Louis Pierre, was in the parking, in the garage. Um, So he had all the noise from like the, the... how do you say, from the water, uh, from the whole hotel?
1: <laughs> yeah, all the, the, the yeah, like the, the boiler system, the water exactly, system. Yeah, exactly.
4: yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, you, uh, I can stay positive with that. But I think yours was better. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, we were, we were nice. The only strange thing about my, my room, I had a tiny little room within a room. I had a little chair and a radiator, and I sat in it and took one of my little photos. I had a very strange room, but it was nice. We were lucky we had air conditioning. Laura, but uh, what are you most looking forward to today apart from lunch?
4: Apart from lunch? Dinner.
1: <laughs> there you go.
4: <laughs> because lunch for me is not very nice. I know you are a bit of an expert in that. No,
1: because I think it's, it's fair to say that my standard of lunch is far lower than yours. You, far, you far, have far. high expectations of lunch, don't you?
4: Yes, they are far, far lower. But um, <laughs> also because in Spain we have proper lunch every time. So here I prefer to skip it rather than so follow your steps in Leclerc.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you should have seen it. The first day we went to Leclerc with Pete, me, Ty, and Laura, we were really we were really excited, and Laura just looked yeah. b- b- bemused and slightly sad.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I tried to 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 feel the same like you were feeling, but really, Ty was having a pizza, a cold pizza with salmon. You were happy with the sushi. Mm, okay. So no, I didn't quite find the. Just maybe with your mood with the Pringles and so on.
1: Yeah, so there's so many different flavors of Pringles and so much cheese. I just get really excited in big supermarkets. That says a lot about me, I think, Laura, anyway. But uh, anyway, we shall have our coffee and we'll uh, a -a tutelur.
0: No, the We've
1: year got year uh, Simon Geschke at uh, the, uh, the finish line uh, here, uh, being interviewed um, by uh, the Yenzi, uh, his teammate to get a 1, year one year stage year. 12.
3: Uh, this is the floor we're in now and uh,
0: hopefully yeah, we still have a goal with Guillaume to go for GC um, or for a top 10 result and uh, yeah, I don't know how it looks now but I think he also gets some time back
3: <coughs> today so yeah, but anyway with two stages we are already super happy.
0: In English they say, never two without three. So there's one more to go. Best of luck, thanks for talking to us. Stay safe tomorrow.
1: Good old Yenzi, so enthusiastic, love it. Just outside the Yumbo bus, another really, really warm day. Super attritional strays, another group's just coming through here now. Right, we've got, we're on the NEP truck. Basically the NEP truck, in short, is where all our camera stuff is, uh, etc. And we've got a crew here of uh, great people who basically make sure we can send out pictures. Um, to with the viewers all over the world and uh, so there's that and then there's Kenzo who uh, is from Belgium correct um, he's from Belgium and he's wearing a nice Patagonia hat he's a very dapper looks like he could uh, easily fit in at Glastonbury <laughs> or something like that but um, you're going to try Yop for the very first time aren't you and it's yeah. a Parfum Foimboise which of course is raspberry um, far away you've never had Yop no it's my first time um, I've seen them uh, appear in your Instagram feed but that's about it and now they're here in my hands, so... Give it a shake first. It's a shake? Ajoute okay. bien. All right, I'm going for it. Get it, some nice sounds. just heard the sound of yop. It's quite viscous. Yeah. Cool. So here we go, just uh, All right. so pop it in, and point. then just uh, pop the lid. So the lid pop is a good so, sort of safe opening there. Uh, and just...
4: <laughs> Ooh,
2: refreshing. <laughs> Nice. That's had some good yoghurt drink. I don't really get the taste of the framboise yet, but...
1: It's quite subtle. Good stuff. So it's a thumbs up from Kenzo? It's a thumbs up. And has your life changed in any way? <laughs> well, next time in a French store I'll buy some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. This is yeah. not an ad. You wouldn't believe it, would you? Um... Stage 12 was another victory for Cofidis. Bear in mind, they hadn't won 15 years up to the point that Victor Fay won back in the Basque country. But a Basque rider, to um, yeah, make it nice and circular, um, won his second stage in the Tour de France. Yon Izaguirre clipped off um, from a breakaway group and won really well. I remember watching the move when he went. He attacked once, well twice. One to get in the breakaway, of course, which was very hard fought for. And then secondly, he attacked, bridged across to Mathieu van der Poel. And at that point, with about 22 k's to go, I think it was Lourdes who came up to him and said, Matt, do you think he's going to win? And I said, yes. And he did a fantastic victory, but two wins for Cofidis, And we've still got a long way to go in this Tour de France. Um, yeah, I guess like London buses. Um, so technically, they're due for a third, aren't they? stage 13 was very hilly finishing at the top of grand colombier uh, which was quite the opposite of a pancake so it's quite ironic that pancakes are my outstanding memory of the day apart of course from the electrifying racing Uh, tom pickcock also had an interesting observation about Pogatch's climbing ability which is also sort of pancake related well sort of oh by the way i recorded these particular links on my phone and it was quite windy at the top so we've put not we uh, but nile has put on a high pass filter never heard of that apparently it works so a hpf over the audio to keep the rumble to a minimum uh, this has in turn made the following clip sound a little ethereal enjoy the undulation of the sonic landscape folks <laughs> This is stage 13 Bastille Day. Um, just ridden up to the top of the Col de Colombière. Well, not ridden all of it. I just we had to park over the other side, and I've, I've ridden up only a kilometre, but it's really steep. And the climb itself is absolutely brutal. I see it goes up in steps, um, and the flatter bits are like 3 4%, even a couple of little tiny bits are downhill. Yeah. But then the steep bits are like between 8 and 12%. It's horrible. I've never been up it before, but it's beautiful. Very green, though. We're not in the Alps, proper Alps. We're in the Dura. Um, so the wind's blowing a bit, so I'm just protecting the mic. Um, but, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I'm going to... We're just going to meet up with a, a friend of the podcast, Hannah, Hannah Grant, to um, talk about... Um, food so much she's going to make us some pancakes well I've just we're 150 metres from the finish line at Grand Colombier and uh, I've just been cooking um, with Hannah Grant who's made a pancake for her TV show and we put on uh, the social media of Eurosport overlooking Mont Blanc the big lakes the crowds you can probably hear in the background Um, yeah absolutely amazing Brilliant stuff. Anyway. Uh, that's the sound of the Tour de France. Right. Better go. Got some, uh, got some work to do. Top of uh, Grand Colombier. What a stage win that was by Michal Kwiatkowski. Um, Just done some bits to camera with the Yenzi. He's an absolute diamond to work with. Uh, It's been, yeah, quite chaotic at the top. Um, There's only a small team at the top of the climb. Uh, So I managed to have a nice, really interesting chat with Tom Pidcock, actually, Uh, who's just waiting to go to dope control. Um, Got Taddy Pogaccia's bike, who's just uh, being tested at the moment in front of me. Um, No, and Tom was saying... That uh, he was riding at 700 watts in the final one kilometer, and uh, Tadej Pogacar acted like it was a flat bunch sprint. I mean, and obviously Tom Pickock is one of the most explosive riders in the world. But yeah, there's our French colleague just interviewing one of the confidence riders just in front of us. Jens Vukce is uh, just behind me being interviewed by um, by a Danish television. Um, yeah, it's um, really, really quite chaotic, but very, very Tour de France. Ah, it's just brilliant I do, uh, I do love what I do um, and uh, the added bonus as well of having some pancakes earlier on um, with Hannah Grant uh, and I end up filming a bit for her TV show as well so it's been a very very interesting day and I can just look at the podium now and Jesper Philipson is just picking up his flowers and uh, and another green jersey because he's got a pretty unassailable lead in that one but certainly not a day for the sprinters today and uh, we enter the mountains proper tomorrow we're in the Jura today and we enter the Alps tomorrow and we're going to Morzine um, which should win the five categorised climbs so uh, yeah but what a, what a day for Michal Kwiatkowski as well absolutely brilliant solo ride uh, by him That win um, atop the uh, the climb on that particular day was sensational. Michal Kwiatkowski took the win, his second stage win in the Tour de France. Of course, a few years ago, he went away with Richard Carapaz and they, they got a, a one-two, but this was completely different. The big breakaway that was hard fought for, again, the breaks are taking a long time to go. Um, he was with James Shaw, uh, a lad who just lives up the road from me in Derby from EF, who had Alberto Betil with him as well. Um, And at the bottom of the climb, it was like like a corkscrew. We drove up it in the van and we were nearly burning the clutch out. It was so steep. But he got dropped there. And when the, the climb lessened ever so slightly, that's where he bridged across and then time-trialled his way to victory. Just uh, a, dis- a display of strength, determination and experience. And it was like, I had a really long conversation with him actually afterwards, um, which was really nice. He's, he's a very generous man. In fact, I did two interviews with Michal Kwiatkowski. Uh, one was in English and one was in Polish. and I didn't understand a word, but what I did get from him um, was just a sense of, of real pride. Stage 14 was in the Alps proper. Um, So first up, I went for a nice ride in my Brompton before being approached by a curious fly at breakfast. The stage was eventually won by Carlos Rodriguez, making it an Ineos Grenadiers back-to-back double. And I caught up with Jens to ask how it felt to be back in the Alps, but on a motorbike. Well, I'm just in our hotel ahead of stage 14 we're actually on the course just looking out and i can see some signs that have been freshly put up Uh, i went out for a lovely ride this morning about eight o'clock on the old brompton so peaceful really really lovely it really helps make the day for the first part of the tour i didn't go out my bike much because i hurt my back putting on some vinyl stickers onto the car yeah yeah i'm getting old um but managed to get out today and over the last few days actually went up this long climb gently and um, it just really sets me up for the day um, a real moment of just quiet looking out over the mountains and just the sound of the the chain turning on the sprockets oh and thanks to um iron dave over at itv who um, has been given some new sprockets by the guys at people at Brompton and so I've got some lower gears for my new chapter 3 uh, which is really nice to so enable me to get up long climbs that really helped but no, I'm just looking at a pile of pain au and croissants um, unfortunately there's a few flies uh, that descended upon bits of bread um, and I'm looking at heading off in a few moments time um, but I've got the mornings dialed actually, get up. And it's taken me a little bit longer to put my shoes on because my back's so sore in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, uh, then I had to fix a puncture last night and ends up fixing a puncture in my underpants in my bedroom at nearly midnight. And it got really sweaty, so I had to take literally all my clothes off. End up in my room with the pair of pants fixing this puncture and my hands really oily um, yes it was um, if there had been CCTV it would have been absolutely hilarious anyway puncture fixed big day ahead big mountain stage um, Tadej Pogaccia nibbled away at some more time um, uh, the lead of Jonas Fingoat's now down to what is it 8 seconds no 9 seconds isn't it um, heading into stage 14 but a massive day but a uh, finish in Morzine today not a mountaintop finish but a big plummet down so who knows? Could be a day for Tom Pickcock to take back a little bit of time with some demon descending, but it could be a day for the breakaway as well. Anyway, um, I'm going to go now. Um, and there's a fly next to my mobile phone, just looking at it as if. And you know, what's it thinking? What do flies think? It's rubbing its little feet together, almost like in a, like it's hatching a dastardly plan. You anyway, know, it's clearly not interested in my mobile phone. there's now just. Walking up towards the the salt cellar. He climbed on on the base of the salt cellar and is now heading towards me. Um, And at this moment, I'm going to take my leave. Here at the finish in uh, Morzine, um, 6Ks to go. You can probably hear all the sounds. We're right on the finish line. Carlos Rodriguez is just 100 meters in front of Tadej Pogacar. Jonas Vingegaard, Adam Yates just behind him, watching on a giant screen. Boiling hot. Crowds are amazing here. Atmosphere. Well, it's a cliche, but a- it's absolutely electric. And Rodriguez, just jumped clear. He's only got like two or three seconds, but this is perfect, perfect for Jonas Vingigo. Although Jonas have no doubt would want to take a stage, he'd rather that Tadej Pogacar didn't take a 10 second time bonus. So it's forcing uh, Tadej Pogacar in front. And of course, Vingigo took the the time bonus at the top of the climb as well. Uh, So uh, at the Jouplan. So this is absolutely fantastic. So exciting. They're right on each other's wheels as well. incredible. So six seconds it is now for Rodriguez. Yeah, this is nuts. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Wow, Yenzi, we're here just by the buses. at stage finished about half an hour ago. What a win by Carlos Rodriguez. But from your unique viewpoint on the, on, on the motorbike today, in the, the first true Alpine stage, what was it like out there? It is fantastic, nerve-wracking, scary
0: as hell and absolutely awesome at the same time. Today, unfortunately, I had the unpleasant surprise to see the first mass crash in this Tour de France. Probably at least 20 riders hit the ground, another 20 or 30 were just blocked behind it or amongst it. We had two abandoned riders right there and then, uh, Luis Meintius and um, Pedrero from Movistar. Mm, They stopped the race, brilliant decision, so I hopped off the motorbike, asked a few sport directors, had even the chance to talk to um, Sir uh, David Brailsford in the Ineos car. Oh, was he in the car so I didn't yeah, realize that. Yep, right. He was in the car today and he said yeah it's a dangerous sport good decision they stopped it. But he also went I'm surprised he put the finish line on the bottom of this descent. How about we have 10 more miles on the flat after so riders feel they don't have to take the biggest risk ever to arrive here at the finish line. Well then it's hot being on a motorbike is almost like having a comeback. you back in the race without the pain in the legs. You feel the heat the cold, the rain, the sun, the road surface, the wind, you're really inside and I can tell you the riders suffer terribly in these days and another really hard day to come tomorrow, so it is a really brutal and intense tour and looks like two teams and especially two riders are in a league of their own.
1: Cheers. Jens actually left me kind of speechless there really. Now, stage 14, um, won by Rodriguez. I mean, another fantastic battle, uh, first up for Taddy Pogacar and Jonas Vingago. Um, you could argue, and many people would argue, that um, the motos thwarted that initial acceleration over the final climb to get the time bonus, uh, and ultimately Jonas Vingago won it. Um, but then the beautiful part of the day was the fact that they were vying for the sprint it was almost like a track race, wasn't it? And that allowed Carlos Rodriguez, the young Spaniard from Ines Grenadiers, to get back in contact over the top of the climb and on the first hairpin just hit them with... It wasn't really attack, it was a big move, um, but he took it, it took a while for the gap to open and he just pushed and pushed and pushed, uh, descended like a demon. Um, and ultimately took the stage by five seconds, despite the fact that Adam Yates got back into the mix and was chasing for approximately the last K. Uh, that was a, a magnificent victory. Um, uh, and I, I believe uh, Rodriguez was supposed to be on his way to Mobistar, but Dave Brailsford was um, uh, in the Dneos uh, car, uh, and I believe he's making, uh, we're well, doing his best to try and keep that young man on board. He's already, remember, got a podium spot in the Voilta to last year, and, and this lad's got so much potential. And, and I had a really lovely chat with Rod Ellingworth, actually, uh, that, that went on telly about uh, Carlos. And it's not just his strength they're impressed with, it's his real racecraft at such a young age, which is one of the most exciting things. So um, everybody in El I think will be hoping they will stay on board for them. The final stage before the rest day was a mountaintop finish at Saint-Gervais-Mont-Blanc. And you can hear how my fear of gondolas grows throughout the day. And I too might have a bigger fear of descending than climbing. Yes, even on gondolas. Well, um, I'm just looking at Ty um, taking a strange face uh, uh, image picture. So it's called a selfie um, of his face. And we're in a um, gondola heading up to Mont-Blanc aren't we? Um, took ages to park um, and as I look downwards I can see Pete looking relaxed uh, using the, um, the framework as like a pull up bar. It, it's essentially turned the gondola into a mini gym and uh, there's only five of us here. We've got Adam in the corner. Say hello Adam. Hello.
4: How, are we, how are we doing?
1: Adam of course is, your, is from Scotland. Uh, we've got Ty.
3: Hello Tugger.
1: We, nobody knows where he's from. Uh, <laughs> he uh, speaks in multiple tongues and there's Pete. Buongiorno. Uh, he comes from Smoothland, and then we have uh, we have this man to my left hand side anders he's perpetually smiling and he's from denmark <laughs> hey, hey we love that don't we so basically yeah we're heading up um it's quite the, the climb itself i believe is only 7.7 k's long and um, we're going over one hairpin at the moment lots of fans out um i'll let you know when we get to the top we've, we're took two minutes in it's a nice pace it's actually getting a bit warm in here isn't it boys yeah so um yeah, mountains Oh, there's a big Saint-Gervais flag Which is the size of a football pitch Oh, talking of football pitches I spoke to the bloke who was the manager of Arsenal for many, many years Arsene Wenger, I think he's uh, pronounced Arsene Wenger, Wenger Arsene Wenger Arsene Wenger A uh, very famous uh, football manager um, Fond of a kickabout still And he's 92 years of age <laughs> um, Great stuff But no, I had a chat with him for Eurosport um, And he was very, very nice, actually um, More than happy to chat with me and asked about Anders at the end, which was strange. Okay, we are heading down ba- back down the mountain. Uh, I'm in a cable car or a gondola, um, following the stage to Mont Blanc. One of course, um, lovely solo raid by Woot um, It was going to be woot woot. It was going to be Woot or Woot, In the end, it was Woods. Puls for Bahrain, one solo. A gentleman uh, whose legs I've massaged actually in the past a few years ago when he was running for Sky, um, but without. Oh no, great solo win, neck and neck still with Tade, yeah, like And of course, Jonas yeah. go as we head into the rest day. Um, Yeah, it's really set things up as a bit of a cliche, really, isn't it? It's on a knife edge, but it is Tour de France separated. Two leaders separated by only 10 seconds as we head into the final uh, week of the race. So we've got a well-earned rest day tomorrow, which I'm very much looking forward to. But right now, I'm looking at Mont Blanc. Um, I'm not a big fan of these cable cars. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, there we go. Because the middle strut bits, you pick up at pace and you drop off and you kind of then they start to swing from side to side which is quite, it's a little bit scary but we're sending and losing altitude very very quickly but yes yeah, surrounded by beautiful mountains Mont Blanc itself is just under 5,000 meters uh, high, and at the top today we're only 1,300 meters. Um, But I can see the bottom now as we descend into the valley, and it looks like it's almost a precipitous drop. It's it's quite unnerving to be honest with you, but absolutely beautiful. Anyway, we're going to uh, once we get to the bottom, we've got a we've got a little drive about 25 minutes. We're staying in Chamonix. Um, and then we're going to have a nice relaxing day tomorrow. So, um, cracking couple of weeks. Uh, oh, look, look at the view there. Absolutely stunning. It's a gorgeous evening. It's quite a late finish today, so the sun's not set, but there's this beautiful golden light. And, um, I mean, crumbs, this is really steep. Right, I'm going to I'm going to sign off now because it's making me feel a bit woozy. Anyway, yes, I'm looking forward to a beer tonight. I can tell you that. So that stage, um, another absolute corker from a GC perspective. Still nothing to separate Jonas Vingigo and Tadej Pogacar. Some really strange tactical shenanigans on the climb to the finish line. Uh, we'll talk quick uh, about the Walt v Walt in a, in a moment. Um, but the way that Adam Yates set this pace on the front and then opened up a gap on Tadej Pogaccia had everybody talking Um, I spoke to Adam after the finish was it something to do with the communication he said yeah I couldn't hear on my radio but he didn't look round was Taddy Pogaccia dropped by his own teammate on the steep slopes to the finish Um, well we won't know Um, I'm going to do some digging tomorrow uh, to find out about that tomorrow being the time trial day I'm recording this on the rest day of course but yeah fascinating GC shenanigans but the deadlock remains between the top two but what a fantastic maiden uh, Tour de France victory from Wout Pools it really was well it was it was Wout van Aert versus WooT. so Wout versus Woot, Belgian versus the Netherlands uh, Wout van Aert put on a real masterclass but there was nothing he could do uh, when Wout Pools hit him uh, on that penultimate steep climb and ultimately he rode to victory over the best part of two minutes uh, so yeah he's a lovely lad is Wout Poles actually so I couldn't be more happier for him right so we're heading into the final week of the Tour de France rest day now we've got a crucial time trial. The two leaders are separated, as we know, by only 10 seconds, it really is balancing on a knife edge. Uh, this is a Tour de France for the ages, and we've still got six crucial stages to go. Um, will we see a change in the general classification on the time trial? It is the only time trial of the Tour, and it's a short one, 22 kilometers, but it's a hilly one. The final 2.8 Ks are up a 9% climb. Um, so I'll be doing some digging at the start line tomorrow to see how many riders are gonna opt to change bikes. So the first part on a TT bike, and the second part on the climb. Um, but I think Pogatcha could move into the jersey, but I think it might be just by a handful of seconds. This is gonna go down to the wire. We've got two big mountain stages to come, another couple of opportunities for the sprinters and the breakaways, but all eyes will be on the time trial um, on Tuesday. This podcast was produced by Noel Gaffney on behalf of Hot Chili. Uh, Thanks to all my colleagues at Eurosport GCM for putting up with my nonsense. And most of all, thanks to you for listening. So be sure to like, subscribe and rate the pod. And why not recommend it to your cycling friends or anybody who might be holding on for dear life as their gondola descends the highest mountain in Europe. Please point them this way. Cheers all. Stay safe. Goodbye.